Thanks for tuning in to this Black Girl Nerds Podcast Extra. My name is Jamie, and I am your host. This episode features Maya Glick. She is the writer and creator of the fan film about Storm called Rain. Dissatisfied with the lack of women of color in Hollywood, she decided to take matters into her own hands and fill in that blank herself with a bold new take on the undersung but most powerful of X-Men heroes, Aurora Monroe. This version of Storm is closest to Maya's heart, and it was the one that she needed to see brought to life, which was the punk incarnation. Of course, as you know, during that era, Storm had temporarily lost her powers, but remained a leader and a fierce fighter through will, wits, and fists. So take a listen to this great interview featuring Maya Glick and also co-hosts Karan, Kayla, and Joelle. Enjoy! Welcome to this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Very thrilled for this episode because this comes full circle. I believe about two years ago, I interviewed this guest and at the time she was rallying for your support for a Kickstarter campaign for her fan film called Rain. And now it is out. You can find it on YouTube and it's complete and it's a brilliant film. Really love it. Definitely check it out when you get a chance. We have Maya Glick, writer, actor of the film called Rain, a fan film about Storm. Maya, thanks so much for coming on the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Thank you for having me again. This is awesome. And homecoming. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, this is always home for you as well. Um, and we have our special co-hosts, Kayla, Karan, and Joelle. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Thank you so very much. <laughs> <laughs> we like to switch off in accents every now and then. That's <laughs> what we do. So, Maya, what, what inspired you to create this fan film about Storm? And why do you think a film like this is needed? Well, at the time uh, that I wrote it, it wasn't so much that I was specifically looking to get into film it wasn't that I was looking to write a fan film or or any of that it just kind of happened organically because it's what I needed personally at the time I had just gone through a major tragedy in my life about a year and a half before and you know I was going through my grief process but I also because of the grieving that I was doing I had started taking martial arts so I was grieving, but also transforming. And during that time, it's part of my grief process. Part of my coping was that I rediscovered the life death comic books with uh, Storm and Forge. And that was when Storm was at her darkest point. You know, she had just lost her powers and she was having her woe is me and laying around being depressed and feeling bad about herself. And I fell in love with those images again. And I fell in love with her all over again that first page of life death where she's curled up in bed and the, you know, the frame is kind of upside down and she's laying there naked and just being pathetic, but she's got the Mohawk. So, you know, she's still kicking somebody's ass that kind of became my mascot. And during that time, I was also writing a lot to deal with what I was going through. And so the story was just written. It wasn't like I need to make a political statement or any of that. I mean, that also exists because I am a black woman. And so, you know, anything that we do ends up having some kind of being some kind of a statement. 
but it was just for me. It was something that I needed. And so it happened because of that. And then as it started to grow into something bigger than me, then, of course, there were other reasons that I understood that it was happening. Like, you know, why is it this character? Why am I drawn to this character? Well, because I'm a nerd and I love sci-fi and fantasy and superheroes. And this is the only one I can come up with quickly that looks like me. And at the time, I actually had a mohawk, so she really looked like me. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's how it, it started. How have fans reacted to the film so far? And do you see a sequel happening in the near future? The reaction has been amazing. I mean, I honestly, you know, the story and the project are so, so, so close to my heart. It is my heart, basically. I mean, when I say it's my baby, it's not hyperbole. This this project is, is my child, you know, and it's so precious to me. And then the, the idea of releasing it out into the wild to the Internet was kind of terrifying, you know, because it's the Internet and because... Right. All you have to do is be noticed. And somebody is just standing there with a slingshot like, oh, you're doing well. Let me shoot you know, Jamie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let me just shoot you down for no reason. I was braced for a solid 50% of the response to be negative, like unnecessarily negative. And that just there's been no negative response so far. I'm still let me find some wood to knock on. But (laughs) but I think because the story was so personal to me, because, you know, like comic book fans need to know exactly like what page of what story arc, you know, you're trying to represent. And this is a totally original story. This is completely made up. And, you know, lots of liberties were taken. So I felt like I know why this story is important. It's important to me. I know why I dig it, but I'm about to release it to everyone else who for, you know, specific reasons of accuracy and and canon are going to hate it. And that hasn't happened. People are really, really excited about it. And that's, that's, it's great. I'll take it. (laughs) Hi, Maya, this is Kayla. And I loved the film. And I think for a lot of us that are into comics and we have a character that we relate to, there are traits that, inspire us. So what are some of the traits that Storm possesses that inspire you as an artist? Hmm. I think, again, like with with the era of Storm that I'm particularly drawn to, it's that, you know, late 80s Mohawk phase. The Mohawk came back, like in the past two and a half years since the inception of the film, all of these things have happened. Like she had her her solo series and of course X-Men Apocalypse is coming out and the Mohawk is back and all that that didn't exist when I started and so you know just wanting to bring Mohawk Storm back to life was was part of what was important to me and the Mohawk was important to me as a kid and today for not just like that looks cool kind of reasons but for me that made her a mutant you know like the original classic Storm the way that she was drawn the way that she was dressed I was glad that there was an African female superhero out there, but aesthetically, she never really held my attention, you know, because she had the long, flowy hair and the kind of, you know, sexy swimsuit and and hooker boots that every other female (laughs) superhero had on. And so that's not interesting to me. But once she had on leather pants and a mohawk, I was like, well, now we're talking. That's the chick that I want to come to school with me and kick the bully's asses, you know what I mean? And also with the mohawk, A lot of people find this ironic, but to me, she looked blacker, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was a rock kid. So 
being like, you know, the only black girl into punk rock and, and whatever else. Like there was just so many reasons that I identified with her. And I thought the Mohawk looked like this crazy warrior headdress on her. And it just, just the way that she looked at that time was so exciting for me. And so even though that's kind of a weird response, but that, that aesthetic of, of her image and that toughness was and is very inspiring for me. I know a lot of people prefer their storm to be regal and long haired and in the white jumpsuit with the big, you know, whatever. And that's cool. <laughs> but for me, it was that it, it's the badass with the switchblade and the mohawk and the leather and pants. And that's very important. You don't see a lot of female superheroes that get to wear pants. And so the pants, <laughs> the pants were important. Yeah, Storm when she was powerless, and then just that whole process of regaining her power. That, those are the inspiring aspects of her story and her character for me. So you funded your film through a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. So what advice would you give to a filmmaker getting their start independently and doing the all the crowdfunding and all the looking for all the resources? What advice would you give uh, someone starting out? Um, know what you're doing, which I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just kind of jumped into it. I mean, it was one of those things, again, where, like, it was just kind of happening. I had the story written, and I had this idea. And so my husband's a photographer, and I had him take a picture of me, you know, dressed up in character. And I just posted it on my Facebook page just to see if anybody would care. And it went nuts. And people, people were telling me kickstart this thing you need to do a kickstarter like i didn't know much about what kickstarter was or or how to do one and so i did like a few days later which was stupid <laughs> with like without doing much research about it and without knowing you know really what i was doing i jumped into it i mean it was successful but i think the amount of stress and the amount of sleeping that i didn't do could have been different if they would have had some more planning and more promoting beforehand instead of trying to do it all in the 11th hour when it's that like last two days and also having help. I didn't have any help. And so I was doing it all myself and that aged me, <laughs> but it's definitely crowdfunding is definitely, it's really exciting how it's creating opportunities for people like me. Like I would never be able to have an independent film produced or even entertain the idea if I didn't understand that I don't have to worry about doing this alone because if X amount of other people are interested, then I don't need to have $50,000 or $20,000, even $10,000. But if I can find 100 people with $20, then, you know, that might be easier. And so what I would have done differently would just be, you know, planning and, and having help. I think if what you're doing and what you're promoting is exciting enough that it's going to have a successful Kickstarter, you'll know before... The Kickstarter begins. In other words, if you have some kind of a fan page for whatever it is, if, whether it's a book or whatever, or, a, you know, or your Twitter page or something, you'll know by the energy that's around whatever it is that you're doing that people are already there. You know what I mean? Like, I think some people try to do a Kickstarter because they think it's easy money, but they don't really have a fully formed idea or a fully formed, you know, way to promote that idea. I mean, I think as long as you have that and you have something that's good that you know people will want, then the rest is just a matter of planning. So many great storms, stories and iterations of Storm. My favorite story is when she fights Cyclops to be leader of the X-Men. Yes. Why did you choose to start Rain where you did? 
again, it was just a matter of where I was in my life at the time. You know, Rain, again, it's an original story. It's not really starting at any particular pre-existing time. It's it's my own story that I just kind of injected into her story and which is why I think it works that she's kind of on her own you know it's not like an x-men story it's just oh it's the story of a woman who happens to be a weather controlling mutant you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the story began where it did because that's where I was I mean it begins with her in a horrible dark place where she's lost herself and that's where I was so yeah I mean it wasn't you know and again with my favorite version of storm being mohawk storm it was cool to play with the you know how she got there <laughs> thing i mean i know in in the in the books it's different from that where she goes off with you know and gets drunk with yukio or something and just shows up a wedding with a mohawk it was cool to play with that it was a matter of like i wanted to see that happen like i wanted to see her cutting her hair and like what mood was she in and it's and it, i think it still fits in because it could be at any point. Oh, it totally fits in. And yeah. I love it because it feels like it comes from a black woman. As opposed to a lot of Storm stories. You know, she, she does have a lot of great stories, but they don't all feel 100% authentic to, like, the black female experience in America. And that's something I really appreciated about watching your film. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I worked with um, the my two directors are white they were the directors and they also did some writing revisions and i was ready with my sword and shield because there were some references and some you know jokes that i had in there and i was like they're not going to get this and so they're going to try to cut it (laughs) i was so ready to fight on all these points and i think they were they were being sensitive to that like they understood that they couldn't you know they like we can change the pacing or that you know we can't have this scene because of budget but they at no point tried to take my voice out of it and I wasn't going to allow that to happen (laughs) but I'm really grateful that that never even came up like there's a little gag in there I don't know if you caught it because it's really fast where a guy says I like your hair can I touch it Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah, you caught that okay good (laughs) that was my favorite part actually (laughs) and her response is the one we all want to have but and they asked, you know, like at some, that that scene was getting moved around and, and shuffled around a bit. And I said something about that line having to stay in and neither one of them got it. And and they asked and I was like, look, Google it. But don't worry about it. That line is staying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you don't understand it, try to touch my hair right now. And you will. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people have appreciated about it and that I didn't really understand that it was happening again until you know I was doing it myself is that you know all of the stories that we see you know whether it's in film or or whatever you know the the typical screenplay writer and director and and storytellers who get to get their work done are going to be white men so even if you're watching a black female character might not have been written by a black woman probably wasn't you know and that that's unusual is another thing that I think people were responding to knowing that this film was coming from me. And like even when you see fan art, like when you look up Storm fan art or any female character fan art, when the artists are male, and this is changing a little bit, I'm going to, you know, kind of stereotype here. But when the artists are male, female superheroes are sexualized to the point of being, you know, these grotesque kind of porn cartoons you know yeah. yep. and, 
And so, like, the same thing can happen even just, like, with a, with voice or with attitude, you know? Like, something can be sexy or, or whatever without being so grotesque and unrealistic. And I think that, to me, you know, Mohawk Storm and her tight leather and the Mohawk, that's sexy as hell. Like, she doesn't need to be twisted around with her boobs and her ass showing at the same time to be sexy, you know what I mean? And so having a woman's voice, like, having something like that, whether it's art or a script or a, you know, novel coming from a woman, it, it is really refreshing to have that, that concept of power more grounded in our own reality. Storm was a huge inspiration for a lot of people in their youth. You've talked a lot today about Storm's inspiration on you and what kind of Storm you like. Do you have a favorite comic book form of Storm or like arc that she was in or event that Storm is in? Yeah, definitely life death. Definitely the period after she lost her power and the and that kind of you know even everything after that like everything that she went through with Forge and but specifically Life Death you know where she was at her lowest. My favorite drawing is that first page you know where she's curled up in bed and and the top of the page says which you'll recognize from the film that that book begins once upon a time there was a woman who could fly and then you see you know, juxtaposed with this image of her just melted, naked, and pathetic in fetal position in bed, I, I love that artwork so much. It means so much to me because I think even though she's crumpled up in the bed, the way that she's curled up, it's fetal position, so it suggests rebirth, you know. And I, even outside of the grieving process that I had to go through and, and the tragedy that I had in my life a couple of years ago, I deal with uh, clinical depression, which different podcast, but um, <laughs> and and so that's why I think I keep coming back to that image of her, you know, like being a martial artist and 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 working really hard to be strong. And you know, people see me and they see like the tough girl and like, oh, you do MMA and you kick ass and whatever. And meanwhile, I know what a complete crybaby softy I am, you know. <laughs> And so there's this balance of like falling apart and struggling to find power again that just that life death image, just that image alone. Like if I could only have one page of one comic book, that image alone is just the most beautiful thing to me. Wow. Maya, this is Karan and your film was so eagerly anticipated and it's being so well received. I've heard and seen nothing but amazing things and I really enjoyed it myself. My question to you is, did creating the film inspire you to want to do more or make you weary of the process and want to completely run in the other direction? <laughs> a little both. <laughs> in the beginning of the process, when I was really excited about it and, you know, like a, a, the crew had gotten together and, and I realized this, oh, this is going to be a real film and other people are going to take care of all the big stuff and that's awesome and, you know, and like all the excitement around raising the funds and all of that and the way that came together in the beginning, that's like the exciting part. It's a lot like a lot like being pregnant, you know, like in the very beginning, it's this exciting new thing. And when you tell people, they go, oh, my God, congratulations. And then they go away and then you're sick for the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. you know? wow. <laughs> people aren't there when you're throwing up and when you, you know, your, your body is exploding and all of that stuff, you know, so the rest of it, there were. You know, like people check in every once in a while, like, oh, it's so awesome that you're making a movie. But it was there was so much 
again, it, it was this very painful process for me. Exciting, yes. Awesome, yes. But hard as hell because it was such a personal story and because I had never done anything like that before and because I had to release a lot of control to people that I had just met and I am a control freak and this is my child you know so there was a lot of just kind of wondering what was going on and wondering what was going to happen and that it took two and a half years to get to this point you know like again like and being somebody that deals with depression you know that was hard as hell and so yeah there were definitely times when I was just laying awake not being able to sleep and wondering when and if it was ever going to come out that I was just like oh fuck this never again <laughs> you know <laughs> but then once it's done of course you know we had a a screening in an actual uh movie theater this past Monday night and it was that was like the most exciting night of my life, you know, like seeing the cast and crew there and I got all dressed up and, and seeing it on a big screen, you know, like because, because there were so many nights that it would, that I was like, I will never, ever, 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 ever do this again. Never, ever, ever. And then that night I was like, this is my life forever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of artists just do that in general, you know, like writers go through this whole tearing themselves apart and, you know, painters and, and whatever it is that you do, the creative process is, is horrible and awesome at the same time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in doing something else. I know that while I was waiting, I was able to, to be in someone else's film and that was a lot more fun because all I had to do was show up and like play a cool part and leave. I didn't have to worry about all the other, you know, money and budget and all that i just got to show up and play with a machine gun and leave so that was fun this week is kind of a whirlwind so i can't really say again it's like if you just had a baby and people are like so are you gonna have another one it's like look i still got blood on my legs right now so <laughs> <laughs> let me clean up <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah it was both it was it was terrifying and it's awesome and and I want to run away from it and embrace it all at once. So so are you or were you able to view the film in its fully edited, complete form as complete? Or has it become like, you know, the ugly little baby that you have to wait for me to get <laughs> No, you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because some people have, you know, little babies and you say, oh, bless your heart. Because you can't really say they're cute. That's true. And, you, and they grow up and they flourish and they become butterflies. Is it like the little <laughs> ugly baby? Especially on that first day, because their heads get squished. Yes, comb head. All kinds of mucus. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And for me, I, I was able to see it completed. But truly, for me, talking about funny-looking heads, every other time I watch the film, I love it or hate it. Like, if I watch mm -hmm. the film and I see Maya then all I can see is like, why is my forehead so crazy? Or, you know what I mean? Like, what's up with my teeth? And why would I let anybody film it? You know, and I start picking at myself. Like any, unfortunately, any woman would do, if you look at a picture of yourself for long enough, you start picking at it because yeah. that's what we do. But if I can get over myself and watch it as a fan and just see how awesome everybody else did, then I, I'm really excited about it. And one of the things that I'm, I'm very happy about and proud of, Zane Rutledge, who was one of the two directors with Jeff Stolhan, also did the 
visual effects. And then, you know, Brandon Torres was our director of photography. And, like, just the work that they did, it's like, if you have your ugly baby, but you have an awesome photographer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then he's going to know what angles to use and where to put the light and the bounce card. And, you know what I mean? And like, by the time you get that picture to send to grandma, the ugly baby is so precious. And so <laughs> shadow baby. I love these ugly baby analogies we're using right now. For analogies on children. I love it so much. <laughs> Hashtag ugly baby. <laughs> So it definitely was hard to look at in that way because you know it's your creation and you know everybody's going to look at it. And so I was very critical. And um, But everyone else, you know, the, the camera people and the directors and, you know, lighting, everybody else that was involved. And it was amazing to me. The first day on set, I showed up. And I thought maybe I had stepped into the wrong place. I thought there was like a commercial filming where we were going to be, you know, it's like, who are all these people? There was like a lighting crew and there was this big truck outside. And I was like, oh, shit, we're making a movie. And so, yeah, like all of the work that all of those other people do to make the project something real and cinematic and beautiful like they all did the hard work all i had to do was stand on tape in the right place you know and wait until some point <laughs> it. so the baby wouldn't be so ugly so once i can see all of that, <laughs> when i can see all of that when i can see everybody else's work and i do whenever i look at it i see everybody else's work and and that yeah that's when i really appreciate how gorgeous the whole thing came out it came together beautifully yeah it did. yeah thank you so, Maya, thank you so much for coming on our show. We... Thank you so much for having me and for all of the support all of the time. I really appreciate that. It's so awesome to just see the final product. And you could tell that you and the rest of the crew put so much hard work into it. It looks really good. And I, I hope to see more coming from you and your production team. For those who have not yet seen Rain. Can you tell us where we can find it and also give us your social media shout outs and anything else uh, that you're currently working on? Not working on anything except for recovering from the release of this thing right now. But um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at, at Maya Socora, M-A-Y-A-S-O-K-O-R-A. And Rain, a fan film about Storm is on Facebook and you can find the film there and you, all the little articles and, and stuff that have come out about it are there on the Rain Facebook page. And yeah, I mean, it's on Vimeo and YouTube, but you'll find all of that stuff on the Rain page. Excellent. Yay. Thanks. This was Thank great. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.